Hallelujah. You have to forgive me. I know that you're in the afternoon service, but I've been running and gunning for the Lord for a few days here now, so uh, I'm going on a few hours sleep. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but uh, how many know I used to do it for the devil? Hello, somebody. So how much more for, for the Lord that, that now today, you know what? He's given us so much. Hello. The devil only tried to steal from you. Hello. He didn't give you nothing. Hello. He set you up to fail. And I know that Pastor Stevan said I wouldn't have time, but I feel in my heart, I just want to give you a brief, brief uh, understanding where God brought me from. Because if you don't really understand where, where, you know, sometimes you look at, you know, young men like me, hello somebody. And you look at me, I, I'm a little healthy and, 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 you know, muy simpatico, just a little handsome. And you say, well, no way, man, that guy, he did, he, you know, he might have did drugs, but, you know, I don't think so. But I thank God because back in 1995, God gave me another chance. I tried everything else. I tried everything else. I tried every way else. I was desperate. I, need, I knew I needed a change. But after growing up in a family that was Cursed and, and in bondage of drugs, my mother, my family, you know, the enemy really had tried and worked hard to destroy what God wanted to do in our lives. And I thank God because today I'm a testimony of the grace of God and that in 1995 when I came to the point in my life where I was losing everything. Hello somebody. I almost pretty much my whole world was destroyed. I was just running the streets, basically stealing cars so that I had a place to sleep. And it was all because the, that drug addiction in my life had a hold on my life. But I thank God because at the very moment I had nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to go. God said, you know what? That day I said, there is no God. Hello. That very day I was telling my friends, there's no God. If there's a God, why am I like this? Why is my mother a drug addict? Why is my father an alcoholic? Why is my family the way they are? There is no God. And guess what? That night I got arrested. Hello, somebody. I was stealing another car. And I got arrested that night. And as I went to the county jail... I ran into somebody I knew from right here, not, not far from this place, uh, a biker, a big man, and he, he was, you know, he was rugged on the streets. So I said, all right, I got somebody to click up with in this place. And right there at that very moment, I thank God because he, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the man couldn't read, but he, God began to, you know, use this man because he couldn't read. So he asked me to take the Bible and read to him the Bible, and I'm like, whatever, dude, all right. And as I was reading the Bible to this man, this old man, this biker, this heavy set guy starts weeping right there in the middle of the pod unit. Hello, somebody. You don't sit there and cry in the middle of the pod unit. But God was doing a supernatural work in that man's heart. And that's when God started to prove to me that there is a God. And that if God can go ahead and come into my life, then guess what? God can change anybody. And I was still going through to court, and I was trying to, you know, 
You know what? The reason why I finally, finally said enough is enough is my daughter here. She came to visit me one time, and she was only about four years old. And in, in, in county jail, you have tables for visitations. And she wanted so bad just to come and give me a hug. She tried to run around the tables. The police grabbed her. That was enough. I said, no more of this. And I want you to know, God got a hold of my life. And that's when I went to the chapel there, and I heard a testimony of someone who went through the rehab and victory outreach, and how they were healed and delivered from crack cocaine. And as I sat in that chapel service, I, I said, you know what, all right, God, if you're for real, here I am. Take my life. That's all it took. God took that, that nicotine habit, that alcohol habit, that drug habit, just took it away from me. I didn't want it no more. <laughs> Glory to God. And now I stand before you almost 18, 19 years later. A treasure out of darkness. And God put a calling on my life. It took a lot of faith to do, where, to answer the call, to go to the mission field. But I say, you know what? Hey, my life ain't mine anymore. You know? My first missionary trip, my mother was still on drugs. But as I was in Dublin, Ireland, all it took was one phone call to tall her up. And she went to Victory Outreach in Tacoma, and God delivered her instantly from drugs. She didn't have to go to the program. She didn't have. God can work for your life no matter where you're at, no matter what situation. All you got to do is trust in the Lord. Can I get an amen? And I want you to know that today God is raising up some warriors there in the Philippines. God is raising up some men and women that are saying, you know what? We are believing that this country, that our nation is going to be the gateway to Asia. And then they're starting to receive the calling of God. Grateful men and women of God who have just been delivered from drugs. And God began to restore and build. And now they're saying, you know what? We're with you. We are Victory Outreach. We are treasures out of darkness. And we're seeing God begin to put it in their heart to pray for other cities. Hello, somebody. And they're saying, you know what, now we, we, we believe in what God has done in our life and we need to let our other, our other Filipino brethren know. And if, ain't, if, ain't no, if victory ain't outreach ain't going to do it, ain't nobody going to do it. Hello, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, yeah, we're local, local for Jesus. By the way, this is my firstborn daughter, Giovanna, in the front row here with my grand new grandbaby, Juliana. I'm a lolo. You call me Lolo Christian now? Praise the Lord. I want to read a verse here. I can go on and, and just because God has been so good. The, the enemy thought he could get a hold of her life too. She got involved in drugs for a minute. But how many know pray, when you got a praying man of God, nothing's impossible. And so she's clean and sober now for more than a year. And uh, God has been good. Matthew chapter 28. Stand to your feet with me if you would. 
I'm sorry, I'm not bending down to get the water. Uh, I'll walk over there. <laughs> I might break something. Too many burritos in America. Hanging out with Pastor Esteban. He spoils me. Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, we have the commission. Jesus came to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. go. Say it again. Go. go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the end of age. Father, I pray right now for this word that you've put in my heart, the word that has been revelation even for my life and my walk. I thank you, O God, that you will illuminate it and the Holy Spirit will do something marvelous and awesome in our life this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and say, it's not morning, it's afternoon. You may be seated. The only reason why I had a few hours sleep because I'm teaching Vetti through Skype. How many thank God for technology? Amen. Made the world a smaller place. And so teaching Vetti at 6 p.m. in the Philippines is 2 a.m. In, in America. Hallelujah. So. And I had a powerful, man, God moved so much in the Spanish region yesterday over in Sacramento, man, God has just been doing, and he's been showing off. Tell your neighbor, he's showing off. Many of us have heard the Great Commission, and many of us even are, are, are internalizing it in our hearts. But I want you to understand that the Great Commission wasn't a new thing when Jesus said it. In fact, it was just basically Jesus reminding the disciples of why he saved them. Why he gave them an opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. And what was their commission? What was their purpose? What was the purpose in all of it? And, and the reason why I know this is because when you go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, you see where God even commissioned Abraham to go. And he said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. How many want to be blessed? Amen. Oh, come on now. How many want to be blessed? Amen. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Everybody say me. Amen. You see, this here was actually the great commission from the Old Testament. This was God telling Abram, listen, I have a plan and I want you to just go from your place. Go from your surroundings. Go from your comfort zone. Can I get an amen? amen. And Abram, Abram was there and he was obedient. And so God began to richly bless his life. But God didn't just bless him to be blessed. God had a plan not only to, to bless Abram, but to bless the nations of the earth through Abraham's life. And this was the commission. Jesus was telling us, listen, it's not time to sit around and be in a comfort zone in your faith. 
It's not time to sit around and, and ask, you know, and say, Kumbaya, my Lord. It's not time to sit around and, and, you know, get fat on the word, get all your vetti classes in and do nothing with it. Hello, somebody. Can I preach it this morning? You see, we're born of the lineage of Abraham. You and I have been adopted into the family line of Abraham today. And isn't it a great thing that it doesn't matter what race or color you are or where you've been, where you're going, hello, that God still says that we are a part of a family together. You look around from the left to the right, you see people that probably never knew where you came from. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what kind of upbringing they had. But how many can say today we have something in common that we belong to the family of Abraham, the family of God. And so now as we have become a part of the lineage of Abram, we have also become a part of the lineage of the promise. You see, God knew, and God's heart was in pain over the years, that many generations were, were in bondage to Lucifer. Many people were beginning to have their lives and their families destroyed because of the bondages of Satan and the sin that was rampant around the world. And so God, from all the way from Genesis to this point, God had a greater plan. He had a plan that we would no longer have to be bound by the chains of Satan. That we can begin to sing those songs, no more chains, hello, no more bondage. I am free because it is only through Christ that we have become free. And so now that we are free, we are blessed. You say, well, I don't feel too blessed. You know, I got this thing going on. I got this trial, this problem. You know, the rent's due. Hello, somebody. I don't feel so blessed. But I want to challenge you this morning that we are not blessed because of our feelings. When you study the Beatitudes, Christ began to remind them and give a sermon on the mount there. He began to say, blessed are you because, blessed are you because. And he was talking about some really hard circumstances. But the word blessed there is heavenly elated. Hello, somebody. And the word blessed there means that you are blessed because. Because you have the spirit of God in your life and you've been awakened and now that you're no longer blind, hello somebody, now you can see the truth, now you can begin to open your eyes in the spiritual sense and begin to see the greater purpose that God had for your life. You're blessed. Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed. But the world today is looking for evidence. We live in a generation today is much different than even my generation. Hello, somebody. We live in a generation today that is looking for evidence, something physical to see, something physical that can give them proof that God is for real. But I want you to know that God he likes to show off. He loves to show off, but he only, he, the only time God can really show off is when we take our rightful place living by faith. by your own, you know, hustle and bustle in life. Not because you can talk good or walk good, but because God has said, listen, you are my evidence. You are my evidence. So the only way the world is going to see the evidence is if we start obeying that commission, go. 
Abraham had to go. And where did Abraham go? He went to a nation, to a bunch of people he knew nothing about. He went to a bunch of people that knew nothing of the God of Israel. Hello? They knew nothing about his God. So he was saying, listen, I'm telling you to go. Why? Because then you can be blessed, hello, and I'm going to bless you, and then you're going to be a blessing to others. But how are we a blessing to others? Yes, it's nice to go ahead and bless people in the physical sense. I'm blessed today. Ali. See, we got to understand that we're that thread of evidence in the world today. But what kind of evidence are we putting off in our life? Are we just professing that we're Christians but not living by faith? Are we just doing what we know how to do, what we can do, but not allowing the voice of God to tell us what to do? I'll say that again. Or not allowing the voice of God tell us what to do. Don't look at me like that. Smile, man. I feel like a prophet or something. Last day prophet. Oh. Come on. I know my smiling to all that. Hello, somebody. But aren't you blessed? Men's home, aren't you blessed? Shikarabashando. Out of all the men in this city, you're here. You're here. Why you? Why not them? Because God chose to bless you. But it takes faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command. And that was, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And without faith, verse 6 says, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. For the Spanish speaking, impossible. To please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. Now, isn't the calling of a Christian to be pleasing unto the Lord? Isn't it our commission when he says to go? Isn't it our commission to live a life pleasing unto the Lord? If not, then what are we doing this for? If not, then what is it all about? you got to realize that, listen, it is impossible to please God if you do not live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible. Tell your neighbor, it's impossible. You see, today, we got to realize that we will not be disappointed in our prayers if our prayers are based on faith. Of course, we must have good grounds in Scripture. We have, we have good grounds to go ahead and, and, and pray for certain things. But listen, are we just praying self-prayers, selfie prayers? Come on, tell your neighbor, this ain't no selfie prayer. I don't know where that came from, all you Facebook addicts. But too many believers are taking on selfie prayers in their prayer closet. 
They're not focused on interceding and standing in the gap. They're not really asking and seeking what is the will of God in my prayer closet. Hello, somebody. We're too busy knocking on heaven's door, knocking down the, the gates of heaven. We're too busy, you know, trying to, to go ahead and bombard God with all of our needs and all of our wants, but we're not really standing in the gap and seeking God and, and saying, God, what is it? Oh, your will here? Everybody say, aray. Okay. My Filipino brother, they know what I'm talking about. Aray. You ouch me. Listen, it was by faith that Elijah was able to call fire down from heaven and consume an offering that had been soaked in water. It was faith that drew that fire down and was able to consume it. Listen, we got to begin to understand that it is the prayers of the righteous that can avail much, but it has to be prayer that is offered in righteousness, not our own, but in God's righteousness. And when we begin to offer prayers in the righteousness of God, guess what? Then the fire of the Holy Spirit can come down and God will begin to show off. He'll begin to say, listen, this is where I want to be. This is where my glory belongs. This is where I'm going to transform and change and deliver and set free the drug addict, the prostitute, and the gang member. We have in chapter 11 of Hebrews a long list of faith, men who were able to by faith to subdue kingdoms and begin to obtain promises and, start and close the mouth of the lions. Can I get an amen? They were able to come against the edge of the sword and when they were weak, they were made strong. By faith, we see the story of Gideon. Gideon was there. And God began to challenge him, and he began, his perspective was challenged. You see, faith is about perspective. Christianity is? So what, how do we really see in it? What are we really looking at? How do we see the world and we live in now today? You see, Gideon's faith and his, his perspective was challenged. You see why? Because God was challenging him and going through a process of illumination and elimination. Many are called, but few are chosen. Victory outreach. Amen. This man had an army of 32,000 soldiers to go and fight 15,000 or 155,000 other enemies. And he was ready. He's, he's still nervous. Can I, can I get an amen? He's looking at the 155. He's looking at all these men behind him. And he's starting to say, you know what? Is it really possible? I don't know if it's going to be possible. So he started even praying and, and you know, interceding and saying, God, hello. But God says, my thoughts are different than your thoughts. Can I get an amen? amen. So he's beginning to send away 20, 22,000 men split because they were afraid. Christianity is not for the fearful. No, in this house, we got some courageous people. Can I get an amen? In this house, we got to understand faith is courage. Courage and faith walk hand in hand. They're married together. Can I get an amen? But the Lord said, you still have too many people. So he sent away 9,700 9, more. Until it was only 300 against 155,000. 
You see, I look at the inner cities of the world, and we, we see how, you know, you go from place to place. I've been to Korea. We went to Korea. We were there. There's no rehab centers in Korea. There's no, no ministries that are helping the drug addicts. There's plenty of churches in Korea. There's a lot of Christians there in Korea. Hello, somebody. In fact, they're praying almost every morning, having done and watched prayer in Korea. But I want you to know there are also drug addicts in Korea. You know, they don't know. They don't even see it. Even the body of Christ. We ask them, is there drug addicts in this city? And they say, well, we don't know. And I, when, when Chucky and I, Pastor Chucky and I are there, we say, well, where do you think they're at? And so they, would, they took us downtown to where the train stations were. And guess what? It took us to go ahead and through the eyes of faith to start saying, look, there's a drug addict. There's another one. There's a lot of drug addicts here. And the interpreter was with us. And as we were going there and talking and ministering and testifying, that the interpreter was amazed, like, wow, this is a drug addict. Started getting nervous, you know. But see, God doesn't care about the relation, the, the racial barriers, cultural barriers. Asia's wide open, people. We haven't touched it yet. When you go to these cities and you go to these places and you see in Thailand the women out there in the storefronts, young ladies, 12 and 13 years old. Many of them were sold by their very only family so that they could have money. Sex trafficking is taking over the world today. And we're, we got to realize that, listen, yes, many people are trying to do something about it. But guess what? Victory Outreach is going to be right there where the need is. Saying, listen, here we are right here. Listen, the love of God is here. God loves you. God wants to help you. But we need to stand together. We need to do it, not in our own might, not in our own strength, but by the power of God. I've learned, man. I, man, I've been fighting the devil off. Hello, somebody. I learned I can't do it my way. We got to be like the, the two out of the ten spies. You see, there were eight out of ten people who had the wrong perspective. What about today? In many churches, there's people with the wrong perspective. I'm sorry to say, not in this church, though. But they are in the wrong perspective, looking through eyes of judgment and, and ridicule and all this, and they're getting caught up in the, in, the, in, the, in the hustle and bustle and the trials and everything else. But listen, you've got to be like Caleb where he says, that's my mountain right there, and you don't need to come with me. I'm going to take that mountain anyways. With God's help, we can do it. That's the way we got to have that faith, that perspective. What about in your jobs, your schools? What about in your communities? Listen, when God says go, it's not just in the physical. Yes, there are some of us who are going to go in the physical, who are willing to go ahead and sell all and go for all. But listen, God is challenging the body of Christ. The commission is for every one of us. Can I get an amen? And he's challenging us. Listen, go, go. What does it mean to go? It's an action word just like faith. And many of us, we're challenged by God, and God is trying to tug at your heart saying, just do this, just do this. But you keep looking at the checkbook and you say, no way, it's not possible. What about Gideon with his 300 men? What about Elijah when he stood alone against all of the prophets? God was showing off. What about when the rents do? I'll tell you, my God provides. He provides. I thank God for the leaders in my life that taught me 
Don't try to ma ma manufacture your blessing. You see this watch? Nice watch. Guess watch. I was admiring it for a couple days as someone else was wearing it. <laughs> but I didn't make it obvious. I didn't even say, that's a nice watch. I just said, oh, that's nice, nice, nice on me, man. But then an individual, we were saying our goodbyes and everything, he said, you know what, God told me, give you this watch. I said, God, you're just showing off, man. These shoes, whoo. Somebody's daddy used to be wearing these shoes in this room. Hallelujah. Somebody from Colorado. But I just looked at them shoes and said, man, those are nice Stacy's, man. But I didn't send him an email. I didn't send him a text. I didn't say, you know, oh, those are nice shoes, vato. I just said, all right, that's nice. Yeah. I look at my shoes. Huh? Okay. And God says, God told me to give you these shoes. When our church was just learning how to tithe, just learning how to tithe, and they were tithing, but they were tithing out of what they had. The tithes were probably about $100 a month. And our bills were about $700 a month. And the mayor's support was no longer coming for the home, which was $500 a month. God would move on a church in Istanbul, Turkey. I'm looking at the time. We've got two days left before the bills got to be paid. And I'm praying, God, I'm fasting. I'm not emailing. I'm not telling people, help. Because I learned from my leaders. Learned very hard. Hello, somebody. But the difference is, is God, he likes to show off. Tell your neighbor, he likes to show off. But he can't show off if you don't exercise faith. I'm praying, I'm fasting, two days left, and I'm looking at the ties. I'm saying, whatever. Better start looking for a place to live. But you see, if we were to forsake our lease, then we lose everything. So I'm praying, and then somebody emails me, hey, pastor, we have our church. God told us to pick up an offering for you last week. And I said, praise God. And they say, well, how do, I, how do we send it to you? How can we get it? Because they were in Turkey. Hello, somebody. How do we send it to you? And I, you know, and I, uh, oh, well, Western Union works fast. <laughs> Very fast, yeah. And so I picked up the money and I looked at the amount and I said, oh, thank you, Lord. You're just showing off again. Because it was exactly enough to pay everything and then move on to the next month. We still have another month left, Lord. Don't make yourself look bad. I've been preaching faith. I've been preaching. We're going to take the world to my church. Don't. Two more days left before we have to forsake the lease. Then another church emails me. And it's not VO. See, God was just showing off. Because it it, if it would have came from VO, I would say, oh, you know. 
God had to go ahead and show off big time. And it was because of that, they sent the love offering again. I told them Western Union works very fast, you know, and they sent it. And I said, praise God, it paid all the bills and we even bought a new computer. Hello, somebody. You see, I'm not trying to say anything except for this, that God is your provider. He is your protector. And as long as you allow him to be the priest of your life, to ordain your steps, there's nothing impossible. Nothing is impossible. You see, you know, you might not have all everything, you know, everybody else has, you know. But I have salvation, so I'm blessed. And that's all I need is my Lord, my Lord, my Savior. That's all I need. Everything else, I just give it away anyway. My wife's always telling me, you always just give your clothes away to the men. To the men. And I'm like, yeah, I got to make room for the blessing. I said, anyways, you know, I don't like it anymore. I'm bored with it. But the per point is, is here, church and family. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? When God says go, are you going to resist? Are you going to hold back? Are you going to say, next week, Lord, when I get my tax check, Lord. You don't want to be blessed if you're not going to live by faith. Because the blessing is, is in pleasing God, period. Pleasing God is all that it's about. You see, we, we, we see how God provides for the home. I mean, we got pastors in, the, in my city who come and visit. and uh, uh, They tried rehabs. They've charged two or $300 a month for the rent just to be in the rehab. And, and they were running the rehabs. And God blessed them. We prayed for them. We fellowship with them. But then all of a sudden, they had to close the doors because they were bankrupt. Then they come to our house. We got 28 men's home. We got eight re-entry home. We got, you know, women living in our house. We got about 40-something people in our house. And then they look and they're like, what are you doing here? How is this possible? We tell them terms like, walang bayad. There's no payment. They say, what? How? Where is you getting the money from? I said, my, my man shall not live by bread alone, but by from the word of God. Hello, somebody. I don't know how the bills get paid. I don't know how the rice gets provided. God provides every single time. There have been times when God said, okay, I'm going to let everything run out so that you can get the men's home praying. So you can get the men's home praying because there's no more rice, so they got to pray because otherwise there's no dinner. I know I could call Pastor Stevan. I know I could call the pastors in the U.S. and say, you know what, hey, we need some little help here. We're, we're a little short this month. And I know that they would help. I know that they would be right there. Hello, somebody. But I also know that my God wants the glory. My God wants the honor. My God wants to say, listen, I am your God and I shall provide. He wants to raise up men who pray for the blessing, not ask for the blessing. And the only way we're going to raise up men of God that are now raising up and becoming leaders, hello somebody, is if we teach them how to pray, how to fast, how to trust God. That they don't say, oh, well, you know, there's donations coming anyway, we'll be all right. There was one time, and I'm going to wrap it up. Can you give me five more minutes? There was one time my wife, I was here, you know. My wife was there. And the home told her, you know, Atibasi, there's no more rice, no more food. 
So my wife said, well, there's no more money. We better pray. And they would sit there and she says, okay, you guys pray outside and I'm going to pray with the girls here. And they start praying and praying and all of a sudden the men's home stopped praying and my wife and the girls are still praying. But then the men's home were like trying to get my wife's attention. Hey, Atibasi, Atibasi, someone had came in the midst of the prayers and brought a bunch of food. Hello, somebody. And two sacks of rice. Hello, somebody. And the men began to get excited. They, got, they said, you know what? God is our provider. Now, yes, you got to work. Yes, you got to do things. Paul worked when he was in the ministry. Things, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes because God doesn't call lazy people. I'll say it again. God doesn't call lazy people. God doesn't bless lazy people. Oh, well, God, I know you're going to provide a job. I'll just sit here and watch the telly all day. I know you can provide. I'll just wait for the blessing. No, you got to put some action into your steps. You got to go knock on the door. Hello, somebody. Submit a little resume, even if you ain't got nothing coming. Hello, somebody. I walked into a job when I came back from the Philippines back in 1999. I walked into a job paying $16 an hour, full benefits with no experience. Then I was able to bring the home in and work with me. Hello, somebody. That's favor of God. When you're walking in God's will, when you're walking in God's promises, God will richly supply all of your needs. I'm just trying to ignite your faith here today. Come on now. Because God has a plan for the heart of the bay. God has a plan that this is not just going to, some of you ain't going to be here next year. Not because you packed your bags and decided to leave the church and, and get on kicking hello and get on stepping, but you made a decision to answer the call of God and then your pastors and leaders said, you know what, why don't you go ahead and obey the word to go? There's going to be cities opening up. There's going to be countries opening up. You're going to be seeing missionaries coming to the Philippines. Can I get an amen? You're going to see people going to different places because that's the heart of the bay. That's the call upon the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a part of the heart. Go. Go. Go from right where you're sitting right now. Go. Go right now from where you're sitting. You could be sitting in that same seat next year and still be going. Going by faith, living by faith, serving by faith. Can I get an amen? amen? As the worship team comes up, I want to share a little more of my testimony. You see, God likes to show off, man. He'll show off financially in your life. He'll show to provide your needs. He likes to show off, but even in Jesus' time, when he was going about performing miracles, raising the dead, healing the sick. There was one time he came to a new town and no miracles took place. And why? Because the people did not want to believe. So there went the blessing, right? Passed them right by. Where's the people today who's going to say, God says go 
What about that hunger to see God show off in your life? Cast your bread on the waters and see if it doesn't bring back something. You see, the nations are calling out. The doors are wide open for victory outreach in countries that we're not even yet, some of us never even been there. But listen, the cry has been heard. Many of you, you got the compassion in the heart and the desire to, to, to answer that call. But it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith. And you got to practice the faith here. When I was just out of the home, going into ministry, I said, you know, I'm going to be in ministry. I'm going to be a court liaison for the men in the home. We used, to, we used to have the home in San Leandro. And then the church was all the way in Hayward, in Birch Grove. And I was a nonprofit prophet, just like today. <laughs> but that's where I started to, to learn and, and grow. And there were times I didn't have the money to get a ride to the office or even get on the AC transit. There was times, he, but did you hear me, you know, saying, ah, you know, I got to the office on time every day. On time every day. Because I wanted to be like Joshua. I wanted to be there and I wanted to, you know, I was so grateful for what God did to my life. And there were times I would walk all the way from San Leandro to the office in Hayward. Not just one time, many times. I got so tired of the walk, I would walk in sometimes going there and going home, but I got so tired of I could count my steps just to because I was bored. One time I was gonna be late to the office, I put somebody gave me a used pair of rollerblades. I put them rollerblades on and I got to the office. <laughs> that only happened one time. <laughs> I was stopping at every bus stop. I gotta get there. It's a servant's heart. You gotta have a servant's heart. Whatever it takes. Now, I don't boast in myself. I'm boasting in what God did in my life. And if you get a hold of that, God can use you to do anything. We have seen people come in the home possessed by demons and, and, and sick with, you know, diabetes and, and just come in the home and and God would heal them instantly. God would deliver them instantly. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You see, Pastor Sonny didn't, didn't, you know, it was not normal to start a church for drug addicts. It wasn't normal in his time, and he even got criticized to some extent. You know, what are you doing, Sonny? What are you doing? That's, that's crazy. But God showed off. He said, go. Pastor Sonny went. He said, go. Pastor Steve went. He said, go. Pastor Darrell went. He said, go. 
Many of the people stayed, but they were still going. They were going through their finances. They were going through their prayers. They were going through just, you know, encouraging the missionaries. Keep going. They would email them. They would call them. They would text them. They would just say, keep on going. We're praying for you. We're with you. You, We may not be able to be there, but we're with you in the spirit. And now we have Victory Outreach International. Where ex-addicts are being invited to come to continents. As your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask you, are you willing to hear the voice of God? And if you're not hearing the voice of God, then maybe it's time to tune in. Where God will begin to move your heart and say, he's saying, just go, do this, go, do that, go, do this, go to the streets, go to the to your community, go, open your home for a Bible, go, do whatever it is that God is challenging you to do, you just better listen to the voice of God because listen, if you want the blessing that is with you to be shared with others, then all you got to do is obey the voice of the Lord. Let's all stand in this place, hallelujah. God has commissioned you. disciples go 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 encourage one another love one another build one another but it's going to be through united we can that we can do what god has called us to do lift up your hands in this place Oh, god wants to show off in your life he wants to say listen that's my son i am alive i am for real and he wants to send you to your community to your job and he wants to say listen i am for real god is not dead you're the evidence the world is looking for you're the evidence presented in the court God is on trial around the world today, but I want you to know God is going to raise up an army that is going to start to speak to the world and say, God is not dead. He's alive and he is living in our lives. Can I get an amen? Come on, put your hands together and begin to praise the Lord in this place. Right now, give him praise. Give him praise. He's worthy.